the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. And now here's your host, Steve Teal. Hey, this is Steve Teal with Very Bold Radio and Podcast. This is part two of my interview with head coach Ron Riddiman of Alamo Heights, the Mules. I love these stories that we're hearing of God's goodness. So just join me now as we talk to Coach Riddiman. So, uh, Tyler, one story I want to ask you to remember because I remember Uh-oh. it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hopefully it comes up. Uh so you guys, you guys were loaded. And at the time, I think I was in college in Tulsa, Oral Roberts University. And because I was a big OU guy, I couldn't, there was no websites to follow rivals and all those different things, but I would read the Tulsa world and I would stay up on recruiting. So, um, I, I could see that there was a bunch of guys from Tyler Junior College that were being recruited everywhere. And I could read that they were winning games. They, it would be in the Tulsa world. I don't know if it's because they were, you guys are playing schools in Oklahoma or what, but it was in the Tulsa world and y'all were rolling. Um, and I still feel like if I could get to the Tulsa world archives, I, I still feel like, and God, you can correct me in heaven or the Tulsa world, but I feel like I, I saw your name and that. It was even a report about your your the the championship game your sophomore year right sophomore year, but anyway we'll get to that in a second that you got injured in that game, uh, so anyway this this is a great football team the story I recall though is that you had some receivers you had running backs that could go you had receivers that could go so what I feel like I remember is that one of the receivers said. And I don't remember the time of the game, if it's almost halftime, the end of the game, but he said, throw it as far as you can. Do you remember that story? True, true story. True story. True story. Tell so, us that. Well, I wasn't the starting quarter. This is my freshman oh, okay. year. That okay. That was my freshman year. Okay. Um, but it was right before halftime, I think in the bowl game, uh, and we were on about our own 30, and there's five seconds left, and so – our offensive coordinator was Rick Langley. He called me over and he said, "Hey, Matt Langley's dad. Matt That's Langley's dad. Crazy, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah." And he said, uh, "All right, come on, get in there, and, and we're going to throw the vertical, you know, the go route down the sideline." And we had some guys that could really go. And, and the thing was, you know, could you ever? My, my coach, Coach Langley, would say, "You'll never overthrow these guys ever. They they can outrun any ball you can throw." So wow, it's typically what happened. And I'll be the first to tell you is I drop back and I just threw it as far as I could, thinking, well, I'm going to prove to him I can overthrow this guy. <laughs> and sure enough, if he didn't just outrun the ball and go catch it and stride and go oh score. So in the paper, you know, it shows 70-yard touchdown pass or whatever the number was. But the reality was it really was just throw it as far as you could and see what happened. So and he went that, that is a true story. That's yeah. crazy. I, so apparently I never could overthrow a couple of these guys. That is crazy. Yeah, they, they could run. Okay. All right. Do you, I know in these days, like you'd be able to tell me how far you could throw a football. I mean, like, 
Pat Mahomes could throw an X amount of yards. Did anybody ever tell you like how far you could throw a football? Do you ever no. remember just chucking it, punt, pass, and kick? No. Okay. No. All right. Pretty Maybe, far. Pretty far. Pretty far. <laughs> I don't know whatever that number is. Okay. All right. Get us to our sophomore year because you are being recruited your sophomore year. I don't know when this starts. I mean, you get more playing time or if guys have so already talked yeah, to your coaches. I started, started my sophomore yeah. year. And, and we, again, we were very talented yeah. and we're winning some games and doing some good things. And, and then you start getting re-recruited again. And, and so, uh, typically like there at Tyler, you, you know, you'd go to your mailbox and there'd be a few letters in there because back then, again, there's yeah. no social media, yeah. there's no cell phones. Yeah. You'd go to the mailbox and pull out two or three letters and it'd be a different university. Hey, we're watching you. We have interest, yeah. whatever. So, you know, you're on their board and they're looking at you, but you know, nothing happens yet. Um, and then we fast forward to the last game, the bowl mm-hmm. game. We again, we're there, we're in a bowl because we had a really good team. And I can't remember what part of the game, I think it was pretty early. Uh, I threw a pass and somebody, a D lineman, had, I guess it was on the ground or maybe dove at me and he hit me right in the side of the knee and mm. uh, I injured my knee. Yeah. Uh, and and in the, the first report was just, you know, you're done, you'll never play again. It's, it's kind of, I think it was Barry Sims. No. Who was it? Somebody had a knee injury back then. That was really that ended their career. That ended or, their career. Okay. That was okay. an NFL running back. I'm drawing a blank on yeah. who it is. It's okay. a famous guy. Anyway, okay. he uh, they said they kind of brought a story that said I had the same injury as him, so I'm done playing. Wow! And I never heard from another recruiter again the rest of that that season or semester. Um, just so I had cold, cold, I mean, like just dropped. So. Uh, I had Jeez. a, I had surgery and it was minor surgery. I mean, I did injure my knee, but it wasn't clear. It, it wound up not being so, what they said uh, and what was reported right. and what college coaches heard was he's done. I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, or maybe yeah, they yeah. didn't think I was good. Enough. I don't, one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, I had the surgery and I'm laid up in the dorm room there in Tyler and I get a phone call from John O'Hara who's the head coach at Southwest Texas at the time. And yeah. he just said, hey, you know, what are you doing for Christmas break? And I said, well, I'm going to be driving home. As soon as I can, I'm going to drive home. As soon as you can, yeah. Because uh, I think I, I couldn't drive for two or three days yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> so anyway, I drove back, stopped in at San Marcos, and Coach O'Hara, uh, I crutch into his office, and, and he uh, puts a scholarship out and says, you know, sign right here if you want to come play quarterback at Southwest Texas. So I signed it as fast as I could, and – Got in my car and drove to New Braunfels and spent Christmas with my family and then in January reported to San Marcos. Wow. Okay. Where yeah. did where did it go from there? What it's a crazy story. I mean, I don't know how he knew about you or how do we? Well, even I know? think they had sent me some some, some of those letters as okay. well. I'm not. Right. I, I'm, I can't speak on yeah. that to be honest. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Right. Steve, right. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was excited. Yeah. And, uh, I had a lot of kind of tie-ins there. <clears throat> One of them is is. They had won the national championship in 81 and 82. And Mike oh. Miller was the quarterback on one of those oh. teams. Oh. And he was my student teacher, biology teacher at Canyon High School what? when I was a freshman. No. Yeah. So I got to hang out with the guy that was, you know, this All-American. You can tell about a good quarterback now. Mike okay. Miller was the guy. Okay. And he took the Bobcats to the national championship and actually got drafted into the NFL. Wow. I think by the Chiefs as a defensive back or something. Okay. But he's such a stand-up guy, he just – he didn't even go. He, he yeah. said, I wasn't going to be a DB or whatever. And yeah. I don't want to speak for him. I don't right. remember all that. But I always had so much respect for him yeah. just how he handled his business and everything. And 
And so the fact wow. that I could go play quarterback at Southwest Texas, you know, five years late, whatever that would yeah. have been, five or six years later after Mike Miller, man, that was pretty cool. Wow. And 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 then the other connection is now, you know, you look back. Yeah. The next year they when they won it, uh, Ron Jacoby was the quarterback. And, and he's really wow. good friends with Patty's brother, Mark, and oh, they've worked together. And so oh. I've known Ron for a long time, and we still run into each other periodically. But Crazy. Just a lot of tie-ins yeah. like that. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I end up in San Marcos and, you know, I look back now, had I not been injured and had yeah. not gone to Southwest Texas, that's where I met Patty. Yeah. And, and all, you know, like I said, at the time when you're, when you're 17 or 18 in high yeah. school or you're 19, 20, 21 in college and you have an injury, yeah, you know, let's say you're going to be out six weeks. Well, that's devastating at the time. Right. Like, it's the end of your world. Right. And now at my age, I can look back and go, man, it was six weeks, and look what all came from it. Yeah. And yeah. so, so many things like that have happened yeah. along the way in my life that I really had no control of. Yeah. And like I said at the time, it's devastating, but you look back and you just go, man, that's a God thing. Yeah. He yeah. really does have your life planned out for you and yeah. how things are supposed to work. So. Man, Very blessed. man, that is really cool. So that's the first thing you look at when you look back at that and see God at work. It's like Patty. I mean, your 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 life with Patty, no and, doubt. And I would have never <clears throat> met my wife. It probably had I not had that guy right. not hit me in the knee. Just crazy, right. <laughs> just crazy. right, crazy. Uh, so a very small thing. It was inconvenient for a couple of months to right. have surgery and rehab. But the bottom line was everything. Great blessings came out yeah. of it. Uh, and I, I don't know if you want to know this, but I can yeah, tell you when I, I first met Patty. Yeah. So my quarterback coach at Southwest Texas, his wife was the cheerleader. Okay. Sponsor. And so one day, I don't Patty know if was, was cheerleader. after yeah. practice or whatever, uh, he said, hey, I want to introduce you to my wife and introduce you to the cheerleaders. Well, I mean, who doesn't want to get introduced <laughs> to the cheerleaders? So I said, yeah, let's go. So we go over there and I meet his wife. She's awesome. Yeah. I liked her. And she introduced me to some of the cheerleaders that were there. And they were all, you know, awesome and excited. <laughs> and I can remember Patty just, you know, she didn't say like, oh, hey, how you doing? Or you she basically just went, you know, like, are you any good? <laughs> what? Like, can you really play quarterback? Because she was all about, I mean, she took cheerleading to another level. and She was all about the game. Oh she she really did know that it was third and one or fourth and one yeah. and we needed a stop or we needed a first down. So anyway, uh, she and I, that's how Are we you any good? got to be Patty. good friends. Yeah, and we didn't date for a long time. Okay, you know, okay. Took a year or two or whatever, and then we started dating after that, so – that's hilarious. Oh, I had yeah. not heard that story. Yeah. I've heard one it. or two stories from Patty. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I had not heard that. All right, I'm going to follow that up with her. <clears throat> I have heard, uh, and I, I won't go into the big story that Patty tells, but that's hilarious. But uh, I have heard that she was in your class when you were GA, like teaching uh, uh, racquetball or something. Class. I was. So when I, after I got through playing, which – Oddly oh, enough. Yeah, we got to get back to is that. that. The, is that the next segment of Yeah, this? that's the next segment. My <laughs> senior year at Southwest Texas, I had a career-ending uh, shoulder. Uh, my clavicle popped out of the joint, and so I was done. And and, and my coach, again, John O'Hara, said, you know, I see something in you. I think you might mm. make a good coach one day. Wow. And he said, if you'll, uh, if you'll start coaching with us, like as a student coach, I can give you your fifth year on scholarship because I hadn't redshirted. Yeah. I played four straight years and so I was going to stay in school. And uh, so I started coaching with him. So again, you know, wow. I found my wife through, through yeah. things that I wasn't really excited about at yeah. the time. 
<clears throat> and then I got into coaching because of crazy another basically another right. injury and, and a coach that saw something in me. Yeah, and so, all right. That's the next phase, I guess. It is. Well, and athletically, I just want to remind people, because you won't, but you're, you set records. The last I checked, there were still records at Texas State with your name on it. Now, that was a few years ago, and I know air raids and all the different oh, yeah. offenses. Yeah. Maybe, maybe those are – but, I mean, when I checked a few years back, you still had Ron Riddiman or Ronnie Riddiman, however they had you in it, uh, with some big passing yard games and season totals and things like that. Uh, so I feel like uh, NFL scouts were looking at you is what I remember. Uh, you know, and I don't even know how it really worked back then, okay. but, but I do remember either getting a letter or maybe it was a phone call, okay. something, a connection, though, to the New Orleans Saints. Okay. And, again, I think it was one of those, hey, we're watching you we're look, or something. You know, I, don't, yeah. I can't even remember. Yeah. I don't want to put too much into right, that because right. somebody <clears throat> might follow up on this and go, okay, there was no such thing. So I, I can't remember yeah. what it was. But there, I know there was a little bit of a communication. And yeah. Then, and then in week four of my senior year is when I got injured and never played again. So my message just from yeah. experience that to any athlete is, man, just don't ever take it for granted. You know, you really are one play from maybe never getting to do it again. So just enjoy every rep, whether it's yeah. practice or the game or whatever. Because, you know, I said it then, and I'd still say it, right? I'd, yeah. I'd give anything to go play one more. I've heard you say that. Snap, just one more. I've heard you say that. Because, um, yeah. you know, you feel like something's taken away <laughs> from you. But, again, I can look back now years later and go, what a blessing it was that it happened. Wow. Because had it not happened, there's no telling what I would have went on to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even talking about the NFL. I'm talking about I might be a, a businessman or right. I, whatever my career right. was. Right. Um, uh, but because of that, I got into coaching and best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So Coach O'Hara saw in you. I mean, and <clears throat> he did even in the yearbook where I found some of those old pictures. Uh, even in the yearbook, I mean, you guys had started off that season real successfully. We did. And so in the we yearbook, did. he even said – well, you know, things really changed when Ron got hurt. And I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing, but he said it wasn't just his play, but he was our leader. Yeah. And uh, that's in the yearbook. I mean, uh, that's, that's – yeah. so it must be you true. you got to believe it's in the yearbook. <laughs> we, we had some good players there too, yeah, just so you know. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> but that leadership, and that's, that's something that carries over wherever you go. Um, and I'm glad that he could see that in you and know that in you. And I, I've seen you as a leader in so many different ways, as a coach, as a person in the community. But also I see you identify young people that are leaders and, and really count on them. All right. So uh, you start GA, uh, you're a GA there for basically, or that fifth year is your red so shirt, student, so you're not even a GA. I'm a student coach. <laughs> you're a student I'm a, coach, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a player slash coach. No, yeah. uh, I, I guess it was labeled yeah. a student okay. coach. So I, okay. I coached that one year. And, okay. And and what was cool about that year, and, and again, the credit goes to the guys I played with the year before because I went from being the quarterback and throwing to these receivers, and then the next year I'm the receiver coach. Yeah. So a lot of them were the same guys. Yeah. But but I, in fact, I just ran into one this last summer, and we talked about that transition piece. Yeah. And he said, "Man, it was just awesome the way you you went from quarterback to receiver coach." And I said, "Yeah, I think it was just the opposite. Yeah. It was the fact that they allowed me to coach them. Yeah. And they could have just went, look, right. dude, we know you. <laughs> hey, but they did." They yeah. they were they were really the reason that that transition was pretty easy for me, 
because they really did uh, have respect for it. Yeah. Just the whole transition. Yeah. And so it made it very easy for me. Yeah. And, and then I just fell in love with coaching. You did? Oh, it was cool. I yeah. mean, to, to actually create something maybe in an office or on a whiteboard, go out and teach it to the guys, practice it for a little bit, and then see it come to fruition in a game. Yeah. I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. I mean, it really was. Yeah. And that's kind of what got it started for me. Okay. All right. So real quick, the Patty story. So you were teaching a class. Oh, that- back to that. Yeah. So <clears throat> so uh, the next year, yeah. Coach O'Hara left and went to Iowa, and we brought in a new head coach, Dennis Francioni. Well-known coach. And coach yeah. Francioni asked me, hey, you want, do you, would you want to be a graduate assistant? And I said, well, sure. So that's what I did. Then I became a graduate assistant. Well, back then, <clears throat> they didn't pay us a lot of money to be a graduate assistant, yeah. but they paid for you to get your master's, which was a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, but they allowed us to teach some, like, activity classes that were going on, and you could supplement your pay. Nice. Yeah. In yeah. fact, if I'm not mistaken, I probably got paid more for doing the <laughs> racquetball classes than I did GA. <laughs> right. But anyway, probably. so I did. And so – uh we had, uh, I can't remember the exact, maybe Mondays and Wednesdays. Yeah. They let us off in the mornings to go teach activity classes. So I taught two or three classes each for like 50 minutes on Monday and Wednesday for a semester. Uh, and it was kind of weird because back back then, you know, when you when you have your uh, course catalog with yeah. all the, to see your name in there like, like you're right. a professor or something. <laughs> right. <but laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, we had about eight racquetball courts and so – bunch of kids sign up for it they got to get their credits or whatever and and patty actually signed up for my racquetball we all so y'all were dating at At that point we just started dating just started dating. yeah yeah. so she signed up for your class not just a random she signed up for my racquetball class on monday and wednesday and and if i remember right i don't think she ever (laughs) showed up to it very much but uh she's not here yeah she'll have to tell the story but no, she did. She showed up, and then I think she missed once or twice, and it, uh, she decided to to drop the class. Oh, she didn't gosh. finish it. Okay. Um, and I'll let her share that story with okay. you as to why she dropped the okay. class. Uh, anyway, it's a pretty good story. Well, what I remember, that's I want to hear that story. So, But what I remember is that because y'all were dating, you kind of – had to keep it on the down low or just thought it was best to keep sure. it on the down low. So the way I've heard her tell it is that when you would call roll, that she, her maiden name was Davis. Davis. She would be like Davis. And you would look around as if you didn't know. Oh, there she is. That's classic. I don't know. That's where it all started. All right. How did you wind up in high school coaching? You could have gone the college route uh wow that's another crazy story i like those crazy stories so i was a ga for a year with uh coach francione and that staff at southwest texas and we had a lot of good coaches on that staff and i learned Mm -hmm. a lot i mean i was just a sponge at that point i still am today but at that point it was just everything was just overwhelming and and stuff um and so i finished that first season and and coach francione moved me to coach quarterbacks that year so i coached the quarterbacks my first year as a GA, and as we got into the spring, I had every intention of going back for my second year as a yeah. GA. And one night, Patty and I were sitting at, at her apartment, and the phone rings. Yeah, and it's Jim Streety. Wow. And Coach Streety, who was the head coach at New Braunfels High School when I was playing at Canyon, which was our big rivalry, and we knew of each other. And you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we ever hung out or anything. <laughs> right, right. He knew who I was, and I knew who he was without a doubt because he he was already a legend in Texas right. high school coaching. Uh, he called and said, "Hey, would you 
I'm taking it. He, it was right before he left New Braunfels. Wow. He said, I'm getting ready to leave New okay. Braunfels, take a job at Madison in San Antonio. Would you like to come be part of the staff? So I wasn't necessarily looking for a job, but wow. it was an opportunity. And so I told him, yeah, I'll come, you know, I'll come talk to you and all that. So I, I drove down, and we met at, at Madison, and we walked around the campus, and he kind of shared his vision, what it could look like and what my role would be and things like that. Uh, and after going through some other things about staying at Southwest Texas, I also had an opportunity mm. to go to New Braunfels High School, which was my rival school. Oh, oh I didn't remember that. At the same time. Oh, okay. And then Coach Streety offered me the job at Madison. Wow. So I, I kind of went from not even looking for a job to really having three opportunities yeah. all within about two days. I mean, it happened all right at the same time. Yeah. So it was just I made a decision. I told Coach Streety. I, I can remember now it's kind of funny looking back. I said, yeah, I'll come try it for a year. Uh, <laughs> and I ended up staying there 17 years. And it was the best 17 years. I, mean, yeah. I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah. I learned a lot. and. You know, he, he was so – him and, and Coach Francione did things totally different. Okay. I'm not saying one's right or right. wrong. or They're just different. And so I got to learn a lot from both of them, uh, which probably helped shape what I do now as, as a head coach. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I hate to just skip over 17 years of your life at Madison, the <laughs> uh, best 17 years. Um, I do remember uh, – and people knew that you were going to be an outstanding head coach – uh, even though you were young when you got there. But I, I saw it real early when I moved to San Antonio in 94. Like I said, I think all fair and met you and said, man, this is a guy I want to know. Um, and uh, But I also was there when you were waiting for your opportunity to be a head coach. Obviously, you're very successful offense coordinator, Madison, with Coach Streety and you guys and all those other great coaches and players had a big run of success. But I remember there was a time when you were like, "Okay, I'm I'm ready, you know, to to get out there." And there were uh, a few <coughs> opportunities that didn't work out, um, which was a shock to me um, at the time. And uh, looking back, as you talk about those injuries, I'm glad you know the way God worked it out. But um, if somebody's listening today and they're a young coach and they're like, uh, and I know you were ready to be a head coach. I mean, no. yes, you, yes, sir, you were. <laughs> I learned you, right away I was. Okay, you tell me about that. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm going to share some okay. stories just as you were talking. I'm yeah. like, well, that leads me to so many memories. Okay. I, here's, here's one of them that, yeah. that a lot of people never know and don't know. Speaking of Coach Langley, yeah. I get a phone call. I, I can't remember the year, but if you do the math and figure it out, you, you, we can figure out the year. But I get a phone call from, from Rick Langley. He's wow. the athletic director at Palestine High School. Yeah. Uh, so he calls me one year. I can't remember the time. I, I remember I was riding. Uh, uh, no, that's. I'll share that in a minute. Okay. Anyway, he calls me. He said, "Hey, hey, Coach Ridman, how'd you like to come be the head coach at Palestine High School?" What? And I went, "Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know." But but here's my deal, Steve. Just so yeah. you know. Yeah. Once Hunter and Kylie got into school, yeah. I, I told Patty I would never move from my job. Okay. I loved where I was. They yeah. were being successful. They had a good group of friends, and I just said. The, the head coaching stuff can wait if wow. it meant we had mm. to move. So so I never really had a time frame on that. Um, but I wanted to make sure my kids were, who were being successful at the time, I, I wasn't rocking their world, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of just told myself and, and Patty that we'll yeah. just wait till they graduate, and then if something happens, we'll move or whatever. 
and, and long story short, we never had to move, so it worked out. But yeah. but that was kind of my mindset. But anyway, Coach Langley that's, calls and offers funny. me that job. And I, I said, you know what, Coach, I, I, pre- I remember calling him back and going, Coach, I, I appreciate it. What a great opportunity because I was young. Yeah. Uh, but I just – I can't move my family right now. And he said, yeah. well, let me tell you something. He said, <laughs> we got an eighth-grade running back that might be the best in the country. And it turns out he probably was the best. Probably so. So anyway, uh, I always think, was that a missed opportunity or was it, would it led me somewhere else, somewhere different? You just, so you never, you know, you come to those forks in the, in the road all the time and you, and you pick and you try to do the best you can. But I've also learned through the years and I tell all my athletes, anybody this, man, once you make that choice, don't look back, don't second guess, don't have those thoughts. It'll take away from what you're doing right now. Yeah. And whatever you choose to do, make sure you make it the best place to be. Yeah. And, and you can create that culture. That's and that right. Attitude. Um, so who knows? But yeah. man, what a what a great and, and I actually ran into him, which was funny, I guess, uh, in Waco a few years ago. When we had the, we uh, talking about Adrian Peterson or Coach yes, Langley? Adrian okay, Peterson. all right, yeah. For those of you who don't know Texas football, oh, that's the that's the eighth grade player. Yeah, was Adrian Peterson. Uh, yeah. I actually ran into him. You at did the, at the thing in Waco a couple of years ago, and, oh, and I shared that story with him. So anyway. <laughs> you got to share that story yeah, with, with him. Yeah. Oh so my gosh, cool. that is awesome. All right, I'm having a great time with Ron Ritterman. What a great guy, amazing coach, and uh, I love his faith, too, just seeing God at work. We're having such a good time. There is still more to this interview, and I don't think you want to miss it. So reach out to me, steve at verybold.com. Email me, steve at verybold.com. I'll make sure you hear the entire interview. You can find it on any podcast platform where Very Bold Radio and Podcast is heard. You can download it. It's a great interview, and you just don't want to miss the rest of the story. One thing we do talk about, I'll tell you right now, is God is good. And God is loving and God brings hope. And I pray that he's bringing hope to your life today, even through what you heard Coach Ritterman talk about. And I want to remind you, because of that hope, we can be very bold. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 3.12. And this is how we sign off. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Very Bold Radio and Podcast with your host, Steve Teal, bringing encouragement through God's Word and through inspiring interviews. Go to VeryBold.com for information and updates and email Steve at VeryBold.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flint. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.